Burning Questions, proudly brought to you by a bunch of us. Burning Questions, topic, general incidents. Uh, kia ora everybody, I'm uh, Mark Wirihana. Uh I used to work for Fire and Emergency uh, for a few years um, through operations and then finished as a group manager in Northland. Uh, currently I'm in a leadership and management um, space uh, working with uh, corporate clients and government agencies. So yep, thank you very much for having me. Uh, kia ora, Corey Matchett, current group manager for Whangarei Te Tai Tokoro Northland. I've had the pleasure of working with Mark for quite a few years. So we know each other quite well in the operations sense as well as the social sense. When we go to incidents, you know, there's the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, starting with the ugly, learning from our mistakes. How do we do that? I think being honest in debriefs initially from incidents is, is key. Um, yeah, we all make mistakes. On the fire ground, there's firefighters and, and as officers, we make mistakes. Owning those mistakes and, and talking about them in debriefs helps helps us find out what went wrong and hopefully we'll, you know, we'll be able to figure out how not to do that again. Um, so yeah, that's one, of the, that's one of the things is not making those mistakes again is really, really key. Um, but being open and honest about when you do make those mistakes. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Acknowledging your mistakes and taking responsibility for them. I can think of times where I was coming up through the ranks, learning as a senior firefighter right in charge, up through to senior station officer, some of the mistakes that I made early on in my career and learning from them and making sure that I did not do them again. That was the biggest learning for me. Can you share an actual incident each where something didn't go as planned and what you did and how you corrected it and how you learned from it? Oh, I've got lots of incidents. I mean, no one's no one's ever had the perfect incident. I don't think any incident goes perfect. The first incident that I uh, had a problem with as a new station officer was actually managing people. Uh, managing people on the fire ground, I had an expectation of what I did as a senior firefighter and I thought people understood what I thought I understood. However, people, uh, everyone's brains are different and they think differently. So uh, when I went to my first large structure fire, I turned around, detailed my first crew, went to go and look for my second crew and they'd started freelancing. Um, looked inside the building and there were two little helmets behind the, the first crew. And then had to actually acknowledge that in the debrief. And it was my, my fault because I hadn't actually detailed them and they just thought that they were going to support the next crew. So um, as a new officer, you, ha- you have, have to navigate all those things. You, you got to realise that everyone's waiting for you to tell them what to do. So that's what I learned. Is that was definitely a, a, my first learning. Yeah, for myself, there's always one call that stuck out for me as a young station officer, just new on the truck as a station officer. Went to MVA out in the rural setting, turned up, and I could see people standing around. One car, a um, baby seat on the ground, and my focus went entirely on the baby seat. I didn't carry out a 360 like I should have done. It wasn't until after a couple of minutes I looked behind the hedge and there was a car with a body hanging out of it. And that really stuck with me because I didn't follow the process. I didn't do my 360. I didn't ask questions. I just focused on one thing and assumed. Ever since that day, I learnt 360 and never assume what you see is the incident. When you're talking to somebody that's on the fire ground, say like a senior firefighter, and you've tasked them to do something and, and they don't do what you've asked them to do or they go freelance way off base of what you've asked them to do. How, how do you deal with them? I think you have to be um, really firm, uh, but you, sometimes it can be a misunderstanding. Uh, when someone is looking at you and you're detailing them a task, 
you have to make sure as an officer that they are understanding that. So there's a model where you the sender sends the message to the receiver. So the officer tells the senior firefighter what they want. Now, don't take it for granted that they've understood that. The officer needs to get feedback. So what have I tasked you to do? Where are you gonna go? What resources will you need? Um, and then making sure the message is clear first and setting those expectations. Um, they also have distracted by their visuals. They're looking at the fire or the incident. And so, you know, they're in a high stress level, which then sort of, you know, chemically in the brain actually switches off the reasoning. They're, they're going into uh, survival mode. So they might not even understand that what's, what's, what you've asked them to do. If they carry on and start doing things that they think that they're helping and that's not your plan, you have to deal with that straight away. Actually, actually correct them, uh, get them to return back to an instant control point or where you're ever as an officer, retask them and make sure you are clear about what you want them to do and then get that feedback back from them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. When you're tasking people with all the distractions around you at an incident, you need to make sure that they are listening to you. Eye contact, making contact with the person, say, look at me, this is what I want you to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if they're not looking at you in the eye, then they're distracted. And for me also, it's the person that I am tasking, what their experience is. So if, they've, if I've tasked them and they started doing something else, what's the reason behind that? They might have seen something that I haven't seen. So then we have that discussion again. Why did you do that? Oh, because this happened. Okay, so the cabbage helmet goes on and they go completely uh, in the wrong direction. Uh, there was a group of, a, t- a team of firefighters. How do you bring them back into line? How do you talk with them? Do you talk to them as a group? Do you pull them apart? Do you pull them aside? How, how do you guys discuss those sorts of things on the fire ground when it's happening? For myself, I'll stop what they're doing if it's safe to do so, pull the team back and then discuss with the person that I tasked or the leader of that team, just quietly. The last thing you want to be doing is having that hard discussion on the fire ground when things need to be done. There's a time and place for that discussion. So it's having that quiet word on the side and then the retasking and making sure that they understand what you're saying to them. Yeah, that's being you're not being mean or unfair. You're actually sorting out a problem that could actually impact their safety or the strategy and tactics that you're implementing. So by having that conversation quickly and clearly, that can actually solve the problem. Now, if it is a one-on-one or if it's the group actually not following your instructions, discuss that with the group. If it's an individual, discuss it with the individual there and then. If they're not part of, or if they're part of a different sector, then talk to the sector commander. But making sure that they understand what they're doing. We talk about the cabbage. It's the that's a neurological response to being under stress. It's the the front of their brain turning off. It's going into a survival mode. So and that that can happen to any of us at any time, um, faced with the trauma and the, the incidents that our people are facing now. We have to actually overcome it. Where emotions for survival emotions take over. So then it's being able to recognise that mm-hmm. and actually um, having a process to work through that. I'm not thinking clearly. Because when we get into that state, the problem is is our physiology changes. Our focus narrows. So when you don't pick up something on a 360, it's because you're know you in a flight and flight state. So we're trying to get away from the saber-toothed tiger. So all the the chemicals go into our um, muscles, adrenaline starts pumping, cortisol, all that sort of stuff. So we're ready to go. We're not thinking rationally. About okay, so if I recognise those symptoms, if I've got clammy hands or I'm sweating or I, or, or my I can't sort of 
seem to concentrate on the uh, incident. Then I step back another two steps, start taking you know, four big operational breaths. <sighs> yeah, well, I restart again. What have I got? What do I need to do? So that's that. That's that process. Mm-hmm. And then recognising that when you're in that state. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is recognising and having the courage to reset yourself and change your strategies and take this if they're not working. Resetting yourself, like Mark said, taking a breath and then going back to the start of the process and following that instant management process. But you have to have the courage to acknowledge that you are starting to get a bit confused or you're starting to lose it or the cabbage is starting to go on. Being able to start, to, to recognise that, stop and reset. What are some of the things that can catch us out in an incident? What should we look out for? Things like you know poor communication, freelancing, threats and risks, not enough information. What are some of the things that when you've turned up to a job, you've thought, oh, this could catch me out? I think for me, it's being able to gather information on the way and when you turn up to a job, it's the biggest part of your incident management process is gathering that information. When you start assuming things, when you start reacting to the situation you're seeing instead of looking, learning, developing your strategy and tactic. A lot of people just jump straight into things. You have to take your time. I always say slow down when you get to a call. Look first, take in the information, then act. That way you should be able to catch yourself from just jumping straight in. Yeah, like Corey said, it's about gaining that situational awareness. It's all about information gathering. You'll only ever deal with it or have a plan to deal with the information that you've taken in. So you're doing effective size up, doing effective questioning, pre, you know, all that information on en route. That's really important. And also realising that some of your crew might have further information. They might have that external knowledge of that that area that they might have that knowledge of that building within your community so lean into them you know where are the access points what are the hazards in this building but yeah information is key and then straight as soon as you get information start your incident management process and there are some things that will catch you off guard like the fire might break into another room or a car you know when you're at MVN and another car traveling might try and get through the scene those things you can't you have to plan for you have to always have it in the back of your mind so you set up cordons or you um, acknowledge that the fire may break through so that's something that we'll have to think about but it's trying to get ahead of things that may happen some of the things we deal with are pretty they're not hard so you can think a couple of steps ahead on most things but it's just that planning ahead what if what if can you tell me about your job how, how it went type of thing and things that you picked up or didn't pick up Yep, so going to a car crash, we go to car crashes quite a lot, you know, in my career, you know, that was some of our bread and butter calls, and you get into that recognised prime decision making process where you've seen this before, you know what it is, you task your crew and you get it done. Uh, and actually, like Corey's example before, there's been times where I haven't done a wider 360 or I haven't done a proper plan about it because I've just expected my crew to get get to work and do it. Working with new crew team members or working with new young officers is, is a challenge because they are not thinking the same way as you're thinking. Well they don't understand how you think. So you have to be really clear in your clear in your instructions and taskings for them. So they understand what's going on. So that's that I've learned as an officer uh, through my career is that, that you've got to communicate. Communication is the biggest part of an incident, um, it's always uh, a factor in our operational reviews when when something's gone wrong. Communication is right up there. Is that, that that's a key factor of when things have gone wrong. So yeah, communicating is 
is the art of being a good officer. Got a funny incident where things didn't quite go to plan? A lot of incidents where you don't, where a firefighter has gone rogue on you, where you've tasked them to do something and then you and then you turn around to find them and they've gone and they're starting to freelance and then you see them, like Mark said, you see them in the fire doing things that they shouldn't even be there. I suppose that's for me. It was funny at the time because the person that uh, he's got a... Uh, he had a uh, history of doing that sort of thing, thinking differently than everyone else. And it was, it was just learning to manage those types of people a bit more closely. And that came to down to knowing your people, knowing their strengths and, and their weaknesses. But yeah, it is going to task firefighters and, and they're gone and they're off freelancing. And it's finding them again, it's, uh, you know, and retasking them. So you turn up to a job, you look over your shoulder to task the crew that you think are the, the most experienced for that role, and the doors are all slamming. Yeah. Because they're all gone. And they're gone. And they've grabbed the hose and they're off. Okay, so let's talk about some incidents that went well. What did you do? What did you see? What was happening? What did you do? And what was the result? I mean, no incident goes perfect, but incidents that have went well in the past have had some really key factors. The first factor is that we've, we've got there early. You know, and, and so we've been able to help significantly, different getting there to a house fire when it's going from end to end, but we've got there at an early stage where we can actually make a difference. Save some property, do some tactics that could actually implement sort of some really good results. Getting there early, uh, having the right um, right plan, which comes from you know, getting all that information and then tasking the crew and the crew responding early. The, the crew are getting into their default actions, establishing water, you know, getting delivery set up, getting into their BA really quickly. And, and all these factors make, make up for a successful event. You know, and then you've implemented your plan. That's the really exciting thing of, as, an, as an officer is that you've gone and got this information and then you've sort of come up with a plan and then you see that plan in action whether it be an internal cutoff or to stop stop the fire from going down a school block or stop the fire going into a different part of the house. That's that's a really good thing. You feel good about doing that because you've you've saved someone's property. So and ultimately that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to either save lives or save property and those things that went well, yeah. And then you put the praise on your people, you know, for great um, BA work, great firefighting good pump operation, all those sort of things. And you highlight it in the debrief and then that feeds on their desire to do well again, you know, perform, spend time training, understanding what the equipment is. So, yeah, that, I think the, but every incident doesn't go well. There's always something to learn. Yeah, a lot of incidents for me that went really well is the teamwork. The teamwork just kicked in right from the start between the officers, between the firefighters, from the tasking to the actual doing. I could speak of a few house fires where... We turned up, protect exposure, get out the low-pressure delivery, hit the fire, and then we go in. It's just that teamwork that just happens, and that comes down to practice, training, and having an understanding of each other's skills set. So for me, any job where the teamwork has worked perfectly, we've always had good results, whether it be an MVA, a fire, has chem. It's just that teamwork when it clicks, and the input from the officers is, is, is minimal. You task, the team performs. And when that happens, you always get a good result. If you relate that back to the training ground, how do you train your firefighters as an officer in practice not to get down into the nitty-gritty because you don't want to do that as an officer. You want to be able to task and them to go to task. How do you practice that from the fire ground to training? For me, it's always been firefighters training each other. 
peers, training peers. The officer will develop the program, but there's the firefighters that will train each other, and that builds that trust in each other. So as an officer, I used to watch, but then I would leave the training up to the senior firefighters to take. And it's just that constant doing, 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 bringing up the the, uh, younger firefighters, the unskilled, to that level. So when they get to a, a job, the firefighters are the team. The officer is just directing them, this is your task. So getting that team working together and learning off each other, that for me was always the biggest payoff. Then me standing there watching, telling them what to do. Because that doesn't happen on the fire ground, I won't always be there to watch them. Yes, yeah, the tuakana model, really. And you know, like Corey said, the senior firefighters guide the new firefighters because they're the ones they're looking for for those expectations out on training night. You know, how do I roll up a hose? How do I establish a delivery? How do I ship a standpoint? And the officers guiding that, you know, but it's the senior firefighters that take that new person under their wing and show them what's what to do, how to get into your PPE. And then collectively, the training that we do for OSM skills, yep, that helps that. And then our practical skills for our BA, our hose, our medical, all that sort of stuff comes from a tuakana tainer model. It's, it's driven from that mentorship from a senior firefighter. Because as officers, we don't want to get into overtasking. We're, we've all been to jobs where the officers are pretty much, you know, go and get water, get a 70, get the portable pump. Get, how do you guys actually task and what's your expectation of once you've tasked? For me, tasking is very brief because I understand and I know my firefighters. I know their skill level. I know what they're capable of. If I've got a very experienced team, my tasking is very simple. This is what I want you to do. If I have a team that may be less experienced, I may go in a bit more on my tasking and then supervise a bit more. But you have to know your people. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, like Corey said, it's horses for courses. That, that, that senior firefighter that you could task to go and establish an open water supply, that's all you might need to say. If you're delegating a specific sector to somebody and they are a, a new officer, you might have to actually be a bit more guiding in your approach. Or if you're a senior officer and you come onto the incident ground and a junior officer's in charge, that might be a really good opportunity to just sit on their shoulder and actually mentor them through that. Instead of taking over, there's a really good opportunity to develop that person's confidence and skill in managing that incident. Just ask guiding guiding questions. What would you do here? You know, What resources have you got coming? All those sort of things that can actually build their confidence and make them better leaders. Okay, personal growth. Through your journey with fire and emergency, going all the incidents that you've been to, how has your personal growth gone from when you first became a station officer through to where you are now as obviously group managers? How did all of these incidents mould you and change you and how do you look back on that? I think the most significant thing is when you're, you start as a new officer, you're quite nervous. You're quite um, cognizant of, of, of having your incidents be the outcome. But it's not, it's not about the outcome. It's having a sort of a growth mindset about, okay, so what do I want our team to do? Or what do I, how, how do I want our team to respond? All that sort of stuff is the key thing is not to be caught up in, in the result. We all like to do a good job. And sometimes when we don't good, do a good job, we have to understand that our skills aren't a reflection on the outcome. You know, we just may have made a mistake. And then having the courage to get up there, dust off, own it and do it again. And not be tied to something that may not have gone well. So that's that, that, that having that growth mindset approach and 
being better and better and better and better. And if we if we get better as we become more senior officers, that's no different to when we first started as a recruit and came became better and better and better and became a really senior firefighter. It's the same process. Yeah, the experience that you gather through the years going to incidents have to be backed up by learning. So for, for, for myself, I didn't just sit there. I, I went out and learned skills that would help me to become an officer, how to manage people, how to have those tough conversations. And all of that led to a confidence that I have now that when I go to a call, I have confidence in my skill. And that's just from years of learning and years of experience. Uh, a biggest thing for me was I was too concerned as a young officer what people thought of me, how firefighters reacted to me telling them what to do. And that was, oh, I wasn't confident in my school then. I always questioned myself as I was coming up through the ranks. But with time and with proving yourself on the incident ground and through learning, constant learning, I have the confidence now and the experience to act and manage large incidents and be happy in that space. All right, any final thoughts? Just give it a nudge. Like if Don't freeze in the moment, start leading. Um, stick to a process, get your information and then come up with a plan. And then know that all the work you've done before you get to the incident really matters. The training, the building the relationships, practicing communicating with your crews, all that stuff pays dividends when you get to the incident ground. Yeah, for me it was definitely that constant learning. There's always something new to learn and the more that you go through incidents, the more you develop your own style of leadership, your own style of managing people. Um, learn the incident management process and just follow it. The process doesn't change when you go to an incident. The incident may be different, but the process you follow is the same. And a lot of people can, young officers may feel that, how do I manage firefighters that I've come through the ranks with? That is the hardest. And that can be, some people just can't get over that. But the more that you show your competence, your confidence on the fire ground, those firefighters will learn to respect you and trust you. You don't expect respect, you earn it. Thanks for your thoughts, gentlemen. Look forward to more of your wisdom from Burning Questions. Kia ora. Thank you. Burning Questions, proudly brought to you by a bunch of us.